Welcome to The Brews Room, a weekly podcast about craft, beer, and pop culture with your hosts, Jeff Britton, owner of Exit 6 Pub and Brewery, the brewmaster, Justin Helm, the audio problem, Kyle Dent, owner of Shamrock's Pub and Grill, and beer enthusiast, Mark Arminio. The Brews Room, alcohol by volume. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the dozen... Doesn't episode of the Bruise Room? That's episode sounds 12. stupid. Mm. That's not. Yeah, I yeah. cut that out. I'll just cut that out. <laughs> okay, welcome to the twelfth episode of the Bruise Room. One shy of a baker's dozen. <laughs> uh, something I wanted. I want to. I want to start out talking right away about a couple of uh, couple of commercials I sent to everybody. We'll post them on the Facebook page. But Bud Light has a new advertising campaign, and I am a tremendous fan of it. I love it. Every aspect of it makes me want to actually punch somebody in the face. So they have two new ads, and basically the crux of it is craft beer is too complicated and overwhelming, so you should drink a Bud Light instead. You're too stupid to pick out what you want. Drink Bud Light. Yeah. Did you get to watch the commercial, Jeff? I did. Yeah, finally. um. The whole premise of this commercial was they showed a bunch of craft beers i mean yeah, they could have been put, anything with food color you couldn't it. see the uh, air quotes that justin did but yeah. he did cra- air quotes over craft beers because they have like leaves and twigs yeah, and there's one the of them's got smoked actually, rosemary and then there's like whipped cream on the top of one and it's got a, a crab leg yeah, crab crab leg. yeah. yeah. i actually that? thought that was <laughs> i mean i actually thought that setup was kind of clever i just don't know who these commercials are for i mean if like who who is the sitting 60 on their couch is it's that like, it? it's like the people are like Hey, you know what? Hey, you might have your kids now, or might have been gearing you toward a craft beer. But now, hey, do people com- that come come right back in and drink Bud Light? Do the people that don't drink craft beer really think that that's what we do all day? Is put fucking crab legs into people's beers? When <laughs> I think so. I think there are some that think yeah feel that. I mean, not cra- crab legs, obviously, but yeah, I think right, that there are a, a certain clientele out there that are like. Now fuck all that craft beer shit. I'm gonna go home, drink them, drink me a Budweiser, smack my mama in the mouth. Okay, but, but <laughs> they know? they already think that, right? So that yes. commercial's not affecting them. I don't know. I don't know if they've done it, but they if they just put in quotations weird beer, all the 50, 60 year old would be like, oh, I get it. All right, I'm gonna 50, drink Bud Light you don't, again. When, you don't weird target or 50. fancy. Yeah, yeah fancy, fancy beer. beer. Yeah, but weird I don't think you target beers. 50 or 60 years old. When you're 60 years old, you've already you're drinking what you're drinking. It's just reiterating no, the disagree. fact that craft beer is unapproachable. So it's not, it, I think it maybe their point is to keep people from going out and trying things because it, if they're like, hey, our uh, our beer is so much more approachable than craft beer, and that hasn't changed. And Bud Light's still the same beer you've been drinking for. This is a direct quote from somebody involved in the commercial. People are, quote, tired of having to pull out your phone and Google certain brands that are untapped to find out what the brand is all about. It's become a bit overwhelming. Yeah. And that's what they're they're. They're targeting the people that think that craft beer is too confusing. The the newbies, the new consumers that walk into, let's say, Exit 6 and see a wall of draft handles of breweries that they've never heard of. Or if they walk into Friar Tuck's beer aisle and they just see colors and bottles and cans that they have never seen before fuck it i'll just grab the red stuff i'm familiar with that you know it's white next or it's right next to the white zinfandel aisle so they're just shopping for their wives it can be overwhelming i think for the new craft beer drinker and i think those are the people the new ones they they know that they're not getting guys like us the people that are listening to us right now they know they're not getting them and they're trying to slow the growth of craft beer by saying Look, you might want to go and, and try this experiment with this fancy stuff, but get ready. There's going to be a crab leg in it. Scary. I, I think there is something important that Bud's doing in grocery stores, especially, not so much in the higher end liquor and beer stores, 
but all of their their craft brands are now on the shelf right next to Bud and Bud Light. And, you know, usually when you walk into the cold cooler at Schnucks or Deerberg's or whatever, it's Bud and Miller products, right? Mm-hmm. It's the light, easy drinking stuff. They can pay to play and put all of their shit right next to it. That's an easier transition, I think, than going to the wall of bombers. But and that's not at what these commercials are for. These commercials say stay away from craft beer. Th- these are two different things that you're talking <laughs> yeah, about no, right I, now. Absolutely. And I yeah. think that's what Justin no, I, is saying is that, you know, yeah, even the craft beer that is there or that AB sells, it's still the high high dollar craft beer is the wrong term, but the high power, you if yeah. you will, the pay to play. It's the only craft beer you'll get that's cold. I just. It is goose I, and. Ten, by, 10 barrel, et cetera. I just don't, I fundamentally, I can't even see, even even you explaining to me, I don't see how these commercials are effective to a wide audience. No, I don't because either. Because I don't. Wide? No, I agree, <laughs> but they are, I think that they're effective. The, really? the, the thing that blows my mind about these commercials is that they're, they're now talking about putting rice in their beer. Yeah. yeah that's I don't a remember deal. them saying this, and now suddenly, this is the first time, I, I mean, I'm 40, 43 years old, and they're talking about. Yeah, when they said oh, we use four key ingredients, I figured barley, water, hops, and yeast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're not going to call out the fifth secret ingredient. <laughs> right. But no, right. instead yeah. they don't bring up yeast. Like yeah. yeast isn't a, an important ingredient in beer anymore. You don't get beer yeah. without yeast. But no, they're, they're talking about rice. And yeah. I, that, that really kind of set me off. What, what this reminds me of is actually, do you guys remember during the mid-90s, Microsoft came out with a series of commercials with Jerry Seinfeld. It was like this famous, they paid him some ungodly sum of money, $30, $50 million to be in all these commercials with Bill Gates. And they were supposed to basically counteract all of the Mac versus PC ads that were out. This is what it strikes me as. I don't think Bud Light, I I don't think they effectively know how to advertise right now because they're hemorrhaging so much market share. And so they know they have to make commercials, but they don't really know how to strike back. Or is there a way? I mean, well, do you, I mean, do you? Like, I think that Bud Light's Bud Light's loss of market share is irreversible. I don't think they're suddenly going to get that back. At least not in they, any meaningful way. So, what are these commercials? Are they stemming that tide? I That's think they're it? trying to slow yeah. the. This is what I, I, I was going to ask you. So, I think that you have an older generation that is still in, in charge of AB. So the the higher ups are still. 50 60 year olds and at some point that's going to change and there's going to be a younger group that comes in and then i think we see a flip so then people are they're going to go from hey make sure you drink our light beer to hey make sure you drink all our craft beer that we've acquired it's going to happen i I really believe that's a good point like yeah yeah, all the marketing vps and everything are probably still in the but this, I mean, this ad campaign was done by an outside. You know, they bring an outside marketing yeah, firms and all so those guys. It's done by Gary Vee. Yes, they're young. It's, 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 it's in, done by VaynerMedia. Yeah, the people that are in charge of making the decisions on what the commercials are ultimately, though, comes from the higher ups who are older gen that have been drinking. I don't, I don't think I don't so. Think I don't so. think that those higher ups are going to their advertising company and say, "I want you to make a commercial that says this." Yeah, they no. pay their advertising company to make commercials. I'm not saying that, but yeah. when they come back with, "Hey, here's our." picture boards of what we want to shoot those old guys are the ones that ultimately but they say still yeah that's to, good or no that's not good but fine but they still know how to look at metrics and say this is working or it's not i mean you know, even if they there's if, a ton of tradition approved, there still it's just, it's the same but reason it's, commercials it's, aren't it's, anything it's, related it's, to it's the exact same reason why st louis craft beer scene was so far behind the times because we had the older generation my dad all of our dads that were drinking bud bud light bush natural natural light 
that's that's why we drank it. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't American-owned anymore, and they're like, okay, well, we don't have any ties to it now. Let's go see what else is out there. When the new higher-ups come into AB, they're going to say, listen, I understand we make a lot of money on our light beer products, but that's not where our market's going. And it'll flip. I really do. I, I really think that... I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think well, it will. Really? No, because, I mean, you look... Carlos Brito didn't become who he is by marketing craft. He got to where he is by marketing Stella and all the other, you know, light loggers. I mean, I was going to say light American loggers, but obviously that's not 100% true. I still think that's where all the margins are, are on those light loggers. And that's what they're going to continue to try and push because you make more money that way. You're right. But but also now we have these craft beers like... Um, space dust that is done on a not not the same margin but a similar margin because they're, sure. they're they're I mean it's not like they're making the same amount of money you know with water like Bud Light but right. they're also doing much or they're making a lot of money on the crafts like a pale ale like that or not I mean we can look at it uh, you know on a you know smaller level right. and say look here maybe you're making a dollar more on a six pack or even a case let's say mm-hmm. a case of bud light than you are on Elysian's uh, space dust because of uh, you know the the lack of rice and the lack of corn syrup and the excess hops maybe it's only a case or a dollar a case but when you're talking about millions of cases a year sure that's Why a millions of dollars a year a year a but, uh, but, you know, product also- from one of the big Top five craft breweries, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Lagny. It's one of those guys, Stone even maybe, with a American light lager and packaging that looks very similar to Bud or Bud Light. Have you had Pub Beer yet? And the, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> Bush Light. Had, had what? Pub Beer. We had I, think it's, I, I drank it, yeah. We, we, we had, had it here on the show. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Um, I don't mind it. Honestly. At a price really? point, that's I'd rather drink it than this. When, when can Sierra Nevada, Lagny come out with a 30-pack for $14.99? They can't. Of Ameri- they can I, yes, they I think they can. Without they cutting their corners. They won't, though. You did, you make the no. same corner cuts that AB does, and you right. fucking throw a bunch of rice and shit in there and adjunct syrups and sugars or whatever and be like, hey, this is what you want to drink anyway. Buy something made and owned in America. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cater down to uh, that crowd. You know, Kreftig did that, and it's not working. Are they doing? Are they doing a big a bunch of adjuncts? I mean, are they doing? No, they're on no. Heitzkaboot. That's yeah. their whole. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's. So, you know, I, I remember earlier early on, so we went to Chicago to see, or for the um, the opening of Lagunese, uh, their Chicago brewery. I remember drinking, like, a light lager before we went in there. What's their Pilsner? Uh, it's Pils. just Pils. Pils. We drank that all night long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, just side by side, actually, like, for the first time being like, holy shit, what a huge difference that this is. From from one really light bullshit beer to something that's made in a similar style and tastes great. It's mm-hmm. still a six ninety nine six pack versus a eight ninety nine twelve pack, right? Though, and that's I think you know the biggest problem until craft can. And I don't know that any of those breweries would be willing on a yeah, moral a moral it? level to dumb down that's, their that's product. That's what I think it, it is. It your brand. Like yeah. why, on, why on earth would you do that? You know, it, you most make, the craft beer drinkers are just like, oh, well, I'm not drinking that stuff. It tastes like water. I'm not drinking Bud Light because it tastes like water. Well, you can't Everyone make one. gets that palate yeah. exhaustion where you just want to drink a fucking PBR or a sure, Bud Sure, but why not drink a Stone Wussy? Because oh, it's you know. a four-pack for sure. eight bucks. I think that's... I have, I have no idea what Wussy sells for, but I, I would yeah. assume that you're probably right. But I mean, you know, 
we're four people, and when our palate is exhausted, we drink natural light and PBR. We are the yeah. poster boys for the thing you're talking about, and yeah. we don't do it. I mean, are you telling me right now if some one of the craft guys came out with a easy drinking lager, we would drink that as opposed to? If it was the same price, if I could have walked into number one spot right here tonight, like I did buy this eighteen pack of PBR for twelve ninety nine or eleven ninety nine, I think it was actually, and I could have gotten mm. a Lagunitas eighteen pack of Pills cans for the same price, I absolutely would have bought yeah, them. Over I agree. The PBR. Okay, then your money is going to Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Ska Blonde? <laughs> I don't know what a six-pack of Ska yeah, is. I don't know. Ska, no. Ska's still independently owned. Are they still in it? Oh, yeah. it's... Uh, who's the other one out there in California? So Ballast Point. Ballast Point, yeah. yeah. Um, Ska's in Durango, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would be willing right. to say... I, I can't say this for sure because we don't have the option, but I know myself and I know my buying habits, and I would rather buy a craft product if the price point was there. Sure. We're back. And I think, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to get there in our generation anyway. I don't think that we will, and I don't know that I want us to. You I know. could actually, here's the thing. I think that you could see one of the craft breweries that was bought out by a larger competitor who suddenly their sales dip do that. Where that, that that's a marketing play where they're trying to appeal to a, a, a larger audience with a cheap, easy-drinking I think we've seen plenty of breweries come out with their "quote unquote" cheap, easy drinking with the like the Lagunitas Pills and Scoblon, you know, et cetera, Stone Wussy. I don't think we're going to see them go to the levels of a PBR, Budweiser, Bud Light. You mean just like a whatever. price point? Yeah, yeah, and, and price point, or even the that. I guess you just have quality, to make so quote much unquote, of it. Yeah. beer. You know, yeah. a lack right. of quality. Then, lack yeah. of quality. Yeah. I don't see because you know everybody's got their pride. You know, they open their breweries to compete against that kind of shit. You know, because nobody they didn't want to drink that anymore, and that's why they decided to make their own. Yeah. Why start making it? You know, you, you I'm just saying. I think that I think you're going to see at some point a brewery that loses that because they got bought out and are are a little bit desperate. I, I could see I could see a scenario in which it no longer matters the quality of their beer because they're bought out by a larger and they're trying to recapture you know market share whatever i mean where where you know maybe the original owners get bought out and move on and you you have somebody that runs it you know comes in and runs the company completely differently than the original ownership group did or the original brewers do you think there's room for a brewery to make a beer like that at a price point that's more of a loss leader than an actual money maker something that gets those adopter consumers to come in and buy something that's maybe a dollar more a 12-pack than a Bud product. Uh, it's not exactly a loss leader then. I know yeah, what you're saying. I know what you're saying, though, but it's money. not. Yeah. They're not going to make any money off it, but they're going to grab a whole bunch of new drinkers maybe that will be willing to try that You know that group of people that don't know exactly How what many, they want. I mean, so you're, you're, that, like, you're saying, you're you're saying, many. You're saying drop Lagunitas pills to Budweiser product, or, or, you know, price line, and then... Then hopefully everybody grabs on the Lagunitas. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying you know you package it with marketing for your other products on there, so they drink something there. And like, hey, I liked this beer. There's, I just don't know how many of those people the, are out there. I don't know what percentage of the market share I, I is sitting there. The people that you're trying to to target on that are the same people that Budweiser is trying to target with these commercials that we started this yeah, conversation with. I, I agree, and I think that you're there. The reason you're not going to get them is because of the whole confusing thing. I mean, you expect them to go up and so and say, 
Lagunitas. I mean, well, a they got to pick your brand to begin with, and now they have to pick the actual label within that brand of being the light American style lager. You know, that this light beer that we're trying to to get them their their entry level stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the odds of them actually finding that when they're already brand specific as it is. You know, they're already drinking their reds and their blues. You know, they're not going to venture off to Miller Lite, much less. Yeah. Now you got to actually try and find them to get your one specific label. Well, you're saying so. Basically, you're saying those people aren't going to ever branch out. Yeah, I, I think. No, I, I won't say that they never will, but I think this is the 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 idea behind these commercials that that we started off with. It's for those people. I you know it's too confusing. It's too confusing. Don't don't do this. And now you got to try and get them to go. They're already thinking about trying something new. If they're in the aisle, I don't know that you're going to get them with with that beer. I think that's almost something that you ha- you'd have to advertise. And let, most let of these ask, breweries let me can't, ask you a question can't about these commercials. That's true. Do you think? I don't know how to spray. Do you think that Bud Light thinks these commercials are cool? Yes. Are yeah, edgy? absolutely. Do, for sure. That's they're market tested. They just don't throw them out there. Fine, but are they cool? I mean, some people are to they, us know that they to the, are. Who, to, to, to who a is certain, looking at these commercials? People that drink the mil- the, the, the the millennials, the people that aren't going to switch anyways. You think millen- Yeah, I don't absolutely. Okay, but if if, well, it, I, if it is just lip service to people who are who are not going to switch anyway, how is this an effective ad campaign? If is it just a? Camp- We've talked about this with the last like several ad campaigns that Anheuser's done, not just on the show but personally. And yeah. none of their, we always argue that none of their campaigns are ever effective, but obviously they keep pouring money into doing the same well, thing. Because they have to. Well, let's be honest. I mean, someone, a, someone that spent last year $2.3 billion billions of dollars on, 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 on marketing and, and, and commercials, there's no way that these just, they're just thrown out there. I mean, they're, they're, obviously the research is done. Okay, but they spent $2.3 billion last year and they lost, what, 8%? Oh, I, I'm not going to doubt. Market share? I'm not, like, not, not going to doubt that. But what I'm saying is that they're not just throwing shit out there. They're they, these are tested. But through, if you're saying they're tested, they also have to be effective, and they're clearly not effective because they're hemorrhaging market share. Of course, okay, of course, well, so, because they don't want to change their ways. And you can go, you can circle right back to. Oh, what I don't talk about. Not, they're not, not trying the to regain that market share. I don't think that they are. No, I, I mean, think they're sure, trying. Of course, to they want to. But right now, yeah. what they're trying to do is make it a gradual hill as opposed to yes, a cliff. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's just slowing I, absolutely. the, the rolling down so they can diversify. Like shock top is up in St. Louis, and it's it's down the entire country. That blows me away because I don't see nearly the market marketing for shock top. Like we did God, five years ago. Such trash. There used to be commercials <laughs> every, you know, every sporting event. There was commercials on TV for it. There was billboards everywhere in St. Louis. You don't see the marketing for no. Shock Top anymore. I guess the, obviously the what they did was effective enough that they don't feel like they have to put any more money into that mm-hmm. advertising that brand at least yeah. in St. Louis because it's up here so much. But I, I still see that Volkswagen that they have a lot. Yeah. Of oh yeah, them. <laughs> I'm sure that that's what's doing it. There was the, uh, the Volkswagen with, with the, the Mohawk. The Mohawk, yeah. yeah. People like that. Yeah, there was a. <laughs> of course, everybody loves a mohawk. Hey, can we open, can we open a beer? Yeah. So please. there was a, a, a an employee of uh, one of our distributors that came and said, "Hey, uh, what would it take for you to bring on Shock Top?" And I'm like, "You guys know that's my least favorite brand in the entire world. I think it's crap. I think the product crap. I think everything about it's crap." So she said, "What what can we do to um what what type of like uh, like." promotion or marketing material can we do to do to raise the sales of shock top and i'm like make a better beer so so this is what i said i so i i hop online and i go and i'm like well 
you know, based on what I'm seeing, your Twitter, the Twitter hasn't been, no one's done a tweet in a year and a half. The Instagram account hasn't even been active for like three years. Get get the fuck up to date. Like that's this is how you're selling it. You know, you're selling it to again the millennials that that that's all they do. Well, let me ask. That's you, all I do. Okay, why are you even? Fronting this question, it's not your problem. The, you don't the, want to sell the product. Yeah. No, no, but, the the, but, 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 but what I'm saying is that you can't you can't ask for your numbers to be better if you're not doing the things just in basic marketing yeah, right now. Sure, okay. No, no one's. You want to go and put an ad in the post dispatch and drink sh- and drink shock top? No one gives a fuck. Do you have shock top on draft? No, fuck no. No, do you? I have a lot of shit on draft. Shock top is not one of them. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Mick Golden Light's okay. <laughs> Shock top, no yes. fucking way, though. <laughs> All right, so we started, uh, we opened our first beer against the grain uh, bloody show. This is a lager with blood orange. <laughs> Speaking of advertising. <laughs> I fucking love against so, the grain so much. I like a lot of their beers. Uh, I didn't used to be the, their biggest fan. Uh, <laughs> there was, I never, I didn't have a, beers from them that I thought were really good. When we were up in Louisville, that's where these all came from, uh, everything we're drinking tonight, I liked a lot of the beers that I had up there. I did, too, very much uh, so. I think their names and their packaging is fucking terrible. It's, oh, I it's love it, man. It's gross to be <laughs> gross. It. Yep. Like, yeah. It doesn't offend me. I'm not, I'm not grossed out by it, but the adopters are definitely not coming into a liquor store and like, oh, bloody show, I have to try that. <laughs> Or Brown Note, or you know any of their other ridiculous names. Did uh, they have uh, Fidel Cezanne on? Uh, no, no, they didn't. have I've that always wanted to there. try that, and they say it's really good. I just I, I've not seen it in our market yet. I don't I don't mind their cans actually because at least they're consistent. One, one thing that bugs me is breweries that don't have consistent labeling and yeah. topography. Like I know All it's the artwork's the yeah, same. Yeah. So one in particular you're thinking of or. No, I mean the one they always come back to is Second Shift. Like I just, I really don't like their labeling. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, I don't think it's good. Although to be fair, it is consistent. Like it yeah. is consistent. Like when you see a Second Shift label, you know it's you Second Shift. You see that black and white pen art, like you know it's yeah. a Second Shift bottle. I just, I, I don't. That's good. And I, this is just a personal preference. I enjoy. I Do you like, like the fetus clean. being choked off by the towel on a, that? I think that's a heart. It's not a fetus. <laughs> you what is a bloody show? It's his it's afterbirth. <laughs> That's not an afterbirth. Bloody show is what? afterbirth. The this, is just this, this is a guy. This is a guy. But I'm saying that's what a bloody show is. What? Is afterbirth. Yes. Google yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely something like that to do with pregnancy. Yes. Uh, I haven't given birth yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a tribute to the language barrier from international collaboration and inspired by our affinity for a Danish runner's scarf and shorts. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't think that's an afterbirth. I think that's just, I'm just a heart. Saying, but that's, that's a what a bl- that's what a bloody show is. You, you keep saying that. It's escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no one said Hitler yet. Where are I? Uh, that's, that's speaking of things you love. For the moment, I think. <laughs> uh, I have to. I have to put out a uh, a recommendation <laughs> that I don't. I don't normally do. Kyle, you actually. Uh, you had a good recommendation for a, for a movie, and uh, I never said that before in the entire history. But actually, it turned me on to two movies. So I watched the documentary Som S O M M. So good. Okay. Yeah. Do you, have you seen it, Jeff? Yeah, it's yeah, great. Okay. So I know Justin has. So we've all seen it. Uh, there's a second one out called Into the Bottle, yeah. Beyond mm-hmm. the Bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's really that. good too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I watched it over the weekend with a couple people, and it's unbelievable. I loved it. But I really, I, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. the second one. That's, that's yeah. it's really, really kind good. of a fascinating look at 
just it, it, like the wine industry in general. It's not it, – it has the four guys or three of the four guys are brought back, but it's not just about smiling. It's about the history of wine and all this stuff. It's We so, don't have that in beer. That, I, I think beer is too blue-collar to okay, have something like that. But I think that. it's – I think you're going to have that in I 50 think it years. Can. I mean, you look at the Cicerone standards. I think in 50 or 100 years, you're going to have – taking off, and that's what they're – based most of their stuff on is and I think you're going to have a documentary on the different styles of beer and it, I think it's going to be elevated to the point of wine at some point I don't it, yeah I think so I think it's going to take a while to get to that yeah but uh, in our lifetime I think you're going to see I'll see that elevation if, if you I took um, a brewery like Goose Island that takes like Bourbon County and Halia and all those in multiple different barrels and then they show the process of them combining and mixing those and then what they're going to it would be very similar. Yeah. Uh, the best story, spoiler alert for you haven't seen it, the best story is about a 18, like it's from the 1870s, like a bottle of Lafitte champagne. And uh, it's like they had it at a DC restaurant and it cost $2,500 for the bottle. It's one of the rarest bottles in the world. And Leon Panetta, the former director of the CIA, I believe, under Obama, uh, he kept asking about it. He kept thinking he w- at some point. And the owner of this bar said, hey, I'll tell you what. If you get Osama bin Laden, I will give you this bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so after, after, they got, they, after they got bin Laden, they had like 50 people there. So they brought out Homeland Security yeah. shot glasses. And they each took a tiny <laughs> little. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's packed full of stories like that. Just the history of. That's kind of cool. Yeah, story it's awesome. Um, have you watched Champagne yet? No, what's that? It's it's basically very along the same line, lines as Psalm, uh, but they just do it in Champagne Valley, and they show, you know how. It's it's not as as in depth as Psalm, but they just give a lot more history about it. Okay. It's really good. I'm actually I'm I'm turned on because here's the thing: you normally recommend shit like Neighbors that just goes so <laughs> south and it's so awful it makes me want to shovel my eyes out with spoons and so now i'm going to watch champagne but if it doesn't live up to it's the good. hype of psalm 2 we're done i'm much better with documentaries justin and i watched uh, paranormal whactivity <laughs> what? yes fantastic it's, movie it's actually pretty funny we were looking for some shitty b movie on netflix yeah, on yeah, yeah. Uh, saturday night and we we chose paranormal whactivity and it's really really funny like it's intentionally bad. It's one of you know one of those spinoff or spoof movies like or whatever. Uh, more like a scary movie or it's kind of uh, like scary movie meets Sharknado. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. I, we laughed out loud a lot of times actually, which that doesn't <laughs> normally happen when I watch stuff like that. Did uh, what was the movie we both watched about the faking uh, of the wines? Oh yeah, um, that's really good too. And that you know that's you know you. You don't really have that in beer so much. Uh, the faking of the lines? No, wine? The wine. Oh, wine. This guy, the was, guy was selling oh. counterfeit bottles. Oh, oh really yeah. I've heard about that. The guy. Yeah. Going through the um, process of finding yeah. the right wax and paper and aging the wine properly to get them <laughs> tasting old. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a wine catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah. basically. It was really interesting. Um, the only parallel to beer that I've heard of with that is, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, uh, people were buying bottles of something from Toplin Goliath. Sour grapes. <coughs> Sour grapes. There we go. It was That's what the documentary is? Yeah. yeah. Really is it on, good. Ne- on Netflix? Yeah, yep. it's really cool. good. Yeah. Uh, people were buying bottles of Assassin or KBBS or something like that. 
and uh, opening them up, pouring the beer into another vessel, and then dumping some other Imperial Stout in it and re-waxing the bottles <laughs> and then selling them off. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Wow, I didn't uh, hear that. It was kind of a big deal. There was uh, It was a couple of guys that were doing it mo- over and over again. Yeah. And somebody just had put together, like, how did you end up with, one, so many bottles of this beer and uh, on your own? And then somebody got a bottle that they didn't put the, the right color wax back on it. And so they like the guy got the bottle that he traded for, or bought or whatever, and the bottle was supposed to be red waxed and they put black wax on it or something stupid. Really? And so the guy called the uh, brewery. He's like, hey... This is weird. I got a red wax bottle. Is this a different version of the beer or whatever? Like we've never done that in red wax. And they filed it back. And <laughs> Tom the, Hanks walked the, out yeah. and was like, "Hey, the guys figured out yeah. like gotcha." Found his accounts that he was selling on all these websites and actually found the real person because he wasn't selling under his real. So you know they they fortuned the crap out of it and yeah, figured out yeah. exactly who he was. And wow, no yeah. shit. Was it just one guy doing this, or did you say it was a couple? I think guys? It was two or three guys that were yeah. like working together. No, like they'd shit. go to all the releases and buy all of the bottles. Um, and then, yeah, just flip them with other people's beer in it. Hmm. But it was stuff that was kind of close, you know, like uh, you'd get a mole stout and then they would buy shelf regular Abraxas instead of barrel aged Abraxas or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Wow. Have you guys both seen some? Yeah. 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 That The reason why I really liked that was because of it. I mean, it reminded me of the passion that I had for craft beer. And why I really got interested in like the well, just I mean first of all so really fast the the, the documentary some it follows four guys as they're trying to pass the master sommelier exam that only what a hundred and sixty something people in history have ever done. No, it's way less than that. I think. Oh, you might be right. No, I, mean, I take that back. So, I was thinking of uh, Cicerone's. Yeah. So basically, this test is divided into three different portions. One is kind of the history of wine. Two is service. And then three, you have to sit down and they give you wines and you basically have to name them uh, just on a blind taste test. Well, you have to, it's not only name them. You have to hit every yes. 10 out of the 15 tasting notes that are you're supposed to be able to pick up. You should be able to tell what kind of earth it was grown in, the tawah of the yeah. grapes and all of this stuff. It's crazy. It's insane. But, I mean, it's, but they, it's they, super they, they drink. I will never have that kind of palate. No. I wish I had that palate. Although That's so I'm, incredible. There are 149 master sommeliers. Okay. So they 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 sit down and drink wine, and that's the part of the 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 the, the part the cool part about the documentary is that they sit around and they try all these wines, and then it's like this is the region, but it's not just the region of France. It's the yeah. southern region of France, and this is what kind of barrel, what kind of wood is in the barrel. And then what year? And they guess like and it grew on the northern end yeah, of the valley. Dude, yeah, it's wow, man. And it's it's they get it within like five years, and it's it, I mean it's a fifty year old bottle of wine. It's nuts. I don't think beer people care that much. Nah, I Most, just want to drink a beer. Yeah, I mean but I we, might be but, interested. But you what say that, but we, we try to do that. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> and I'm bad at it. So <laughs> at one point, like they have, they follow these four guys, and they they all know each other, and they have these nights where they come and they go over, and they they spend like two or three hours, and they all bring wine, and they and it just kind of descends into this night of basically passive aggressively calling people assholes like yeah it, it kind of reminds us of when the four it kind of reminded me when the four of us get really drunk it's together a, like it's just do it and it's cheeky and fun yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that guy that is Evil basically the the godfather of <laughs> sommeliers that they show yeah, the older yeah, guy yeah. james brown that, yes. uh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
that guy is unreal. And you don't they don't really I mean they use him as a tool to help them, but if you go and research him, I can't remember his name, it is crazy how just the knowledge that guy has is nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know. It's he created the Master Sommelier, Master Sommelier test. In the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a, uh, you know, at some point I remember reading an article, hearing something that at one of the big wine competitions, the wine taste competitions, they basically tried to fool all of the master tasters. And at one point they dyed white wine oh, yes. red, right? And yeah. nobody could tell the difference. Yeah. And so I've always thought that sommeliers, frankly, are Blowing smoke bullshit. up your ass, you yeah, know, like when you go and ask bit. them something, and then it's it's the suge- power of suggestion. It when is when you go to a restaurant and the guy's like, "Oh, this red tastes like this and this and this," and you don't want to be, "Oh, I don't, I'm an idiot. I don't know about wine," and you try it. Oh, that does taste like all of those things. I'm I think good that's at this, such a, especially <laughs> when you're dropping, especially when you're dropping a lot of money. You don't want to appear like an idiot. Yeah. I think that's a lot of why people. I still do. think that's why a lot of. Beers are as high too. ranked I, as I, they that's are. That's the exact yeah. point I was going to make. Because it's $30 yeah. for a bottle, and nobody wants to admit that they bought a shitty beer yeah. that cost 30 bucks for a bottle. I'll be the first to admit it. Yep, me too. I, I, I'll warn people, hey, don't buy this $30 beer. It's yep. fucking terrible. I'm an idiot. And <laughs> Do you remember when yeah. Jeff tricked us, and he gave us Westy 12, and he said it was a homebrew? When we started, when you we guys, were doing yeah. yeah. Were you not there? Oh, you were. I was. Yeah. No, oh, you I, already, I drank it. I already knew what it was. Yeah. He was there. I, I thought had, that was one that you left early. For some reason, I just had a flashback but yeah i mean it was like oh this is a pretty good homebrew and then it's the number one rated beer, beer on beer advocate yeah. uh so uh, this can that we're, we're drinking a new beer from against the grain right now it's by the way i, I really it. liked bloody show i did too i thought it was yeah. real good I, blood I, orange, yeah. for a blood orange beer i wanted a touch more uh orange orange on no there. you're wrong okay <laughs> uh, i like the beer though this beer is called it's just called a beer oh. and uh this is exactly what i was talking about Although against the grains, not definitely not going to be the brewery that brings people to, you know, outside of the Bud Comfort Zone. But it says when you're looking for something hoppy, a beer is here. When you want something light and refreshing, grab a beer. When you're hung up on something local, go for a beer. Or if you just need to need one to the dome, crush a beer. Whatever you need, we've got a beer for you. So this is their basic, basically their Bud product right here. Uh, there's no way that gets people to not drink Budweiser. No, I like it. It says, "Come at me, bro." It. it I didn't say that part. You mad, it bro? Pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many? How many ads have you ever seen an ad for anybody that's not one of the big guys? Uh, during Blues games, both Urban Chestnut and Schlafly advertise. Do they? Okay. Prost. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, yeah. And, uh, and Schlafly does their Bud Bowl, but with Schlafly cans and hockey instead of football. Wine and Google. That's just local stuff, right? Stuff. I mean, nobody's. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody, Blue Moon. Blue Moon, yeah. I've I mean, seen Nevada like, commercials. Uh, yeah, like National. In St. Louis? Yeah. I don't think I've, I've ever seen Sierra Nevada uh, commercial. They had an advertisement. I don't know if it, it was, must have been last summer for whatever summer Fast. beer they had. Never saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam Adams has a ton of commercials. Yeah, Sam Adams. Adams. Sam does. Yeah. Nothing from I can't. You, know, I, you don't see Stone I mean, I or Lagunitas or anything. You like know, that. that's another thing we haven't really talked about. I mean, baked into the cost of all of these, you know, a Bud Light and Bud is an advertising cost too. I mean, so you're not, you know, I mean that definitely affects your market. If you're spending two point three billion dollars on advertising, that's somehow baked into all of your cost. And sure. Yep. 
Craft breweries can't afford to market anything. But also, they don't give I mean. a shit about it. They'd rather keep that money and, and actually use good products to make their beer instead of going and spending $2 million on a commercial. I would actually pay attention to a craft beer commercial because it's something I'm interested in. Oh, they've got a new product that I didn't know about or... Uh, you know, a but new but a new product line for the season or something like that. Do you still have cable? Uh, no. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think a lot of that, and and really, like I I haven't had cable for almost two years. You know, you go on YouTube and you start to see as you go on YouTube a lot more. They start to suggest videos. So if you yeah. go and like go and search craft beer stuff, you get suggested mm-hmm. craft beer stuff. So like Lagunitas tasting points that are fucking hilarious. They have the master brewer that sits there behind the bar, and he, he I've makes. never seen those. Neither have I. Oh, it, they're it, they're pretty funny. What are you watching? It's Jeremy Marshall. Just, yeah, and it's it's kind of like us, where at the beginning of the video he's, yeah, okay, it tastes like this, and by the end of the video he's half crocked, and he's like, oh <laughs> fuck this man, no, this doesn't taste like that at all. Let's awesome. Yeah, uh, but it, but they're only like three and a half minutes long, so they're highly edited. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch one as soon as we take a break. Yeah, I want to we'll, we'll have to watch a few. They're really, really good because he goes from very, very serious to saying, hey, you know what? This tastes like it has very small leprechauns in it. <laughs> You're like, what? where did that come from? You know, I think maybe too you get leprechauns in craft beer, beer yeah. drinkers are, are the guys, uh, girls too, but mostly men, I would guess. And, the, you know, consumer bases, majority men, but they're cord cutters now, right? Like. Most of your craft beer drinkers, I think, are the first type of people to get rid of cable and stuff like that. And so the only advertising they're going to see that's is just a generational little thing. viral I mean, clips on Facebook or on YouTube, stuff that gets suggested. Um, I just don't think TV advertising hits the market. All that is going drinkers. away. It's too much money. And it's and I don't know if you guys know this. My dad works in television. so <laughs> I, No, I just think it's, you know, for, for craft breweries, it's too much money. And it's not enough. It's not specific enough to... Yeah, you can't target. You know, it's all, but 10, it's also timing. People that have you know, if you're you know, if you're a craft brewery and you got a new beer coming out, like it has to be something that's available year round, or you know, the commercial has a very limited yeah. shelf life, just like the beer. Like it just to be effective, like that's a very narrow window. So you have to have enough of a a lead time to produce it and market it. And I'm just not sure. Although I, I think a lot of. Uh, I don't know. This uh, thought that just kind of came to me. So, I mean, maybe as I start saying it, I'll they t- all do. tell me how wrong I am. We will. But I don't know that craft well. breweries have the following or the loyalty, I guess I should say, that macros do. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think most craft beer drinkers drink craft beer because they want to try something new all the time. So whether, you know, maybe Lagunitas IPA is your go-to beer. But if you go into a bar like this... You know, maybe you'll start with a Lagunitas IPA while you read the menu or something like that. But you're not going to strictly, you know, you're not going to have the arguments between stone, a stone drinker and a, and a Lagunitas drinker the way you do between a Bud Light and a Miller Light sure. drinker. So I don't think that the advertising for, you know, a craft brewery is as effective as a macro is. Somebody with that real strict brand loyalty. All, then, all their votes are split. That's what you're saying, right? If yeah. you get into well, you got you want to advertise your new seasonal. Well, now you got to pick which markets you're going into because is, not all yeah, of these breweries are yeah. available nationwide. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that the commercial gets aired, well, maybe that beer's gone. You know, so now you've got to uh, you know advertise for your your flagships, but the flagship 
drinkers, you don't have the the brand loyalty that you do but with I the guess, macro. I, guess, I think it's uh, kind of pointless. I guess know? more to the point. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. But have you? I guess this is this is it. Like, I know that none of us would ever be swayed by a commercial. I can't imagine seeing a commercial and being like, "I've got to go get that right now." In terms of a beer, I don't know. Like, maybe if some of the craft breweries did it, but that's not how they're going to reach me because I'm the same way. I don't have cable, and I don't. I just I don't. Is it kind of? Uh, is that just a crappy way to advertise now? Yes. I, and I think one of the biggest problems craft breweries for marketing are going to run into is I just read a thing. We have 5,400 breweries this year in the country. Yeah. Uh, next year, they're predicting another 2,000 to open. And within Holy five years, shit. within five years, if the metrics stay the way they are, there will be over 10,000 It's one and a half breweries. per day. Uh, it's more than that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that, I mean, I'm sorry. that uh, That's what it was yeah, it's coming into this more. year. Yeah. yeah. But within next year, just based off how many applications they had for this season, this year, going into next year, they're predicting another two thousand breweries to be open in twenty eight. We're we're going to be at seventy five hundred breweries. That's that you can't you can't market against that many other products, to, right? But that's yeah. still not close to saturation. I mean, I, I oh, I, I think we're I think we're getting closer. Um, with Justin, Jeff, I, I, I'm going to tell you a, a perfect example of what exactly what you're talking about is. Um, uh, Kirkwood Station made ale for one for uh, STLFC, right? And it hit off really well. They're at the at the stadium at Worldwide, right? Worldwide, Worldwide. Technology. Yeah. yeah. They killed it. And all of a sudden, we were able to get it in our market. And you had it a little bit. And I had, I, I had it a little bit. But then you get all these people that are like, hey, we had Ale for One at, at the stadium. We heard it's out in our market. Where is it? And they can't produce it. Yeah. So they're, they're marketing really well. They got it to the people. In, they got it in the hands of the people that really want it. But... It's 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 not like Bud Light where they're just making an enormous amount of beer and they're never going to run out. Right. And I think that's the problem with traditional advertising. Like I don't know how you sync those two things up. It takes such a specific schedule, and you better hope that nothing goes wrong with a batch. Right. You know, the Bud Light's got it figured out, right? I mean, we make this beer, we've made it forever, but you know, craft breweries every now and then they have a bad batch, right? And you pour out what three out of five. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I mumbled about that last <laughs> week. <you did. laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that you know the the best way for craft brewers to do it are, are these you know viral videos and and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. I just, it's, it, but I, it's I, difficult I, because there is so much market saturation now. I mean, if we're going to have seven thousand breweries in the United States, but like, how do you stand? How do you stand out? Like, how do you how do you rise above the noise? It just makes it, it even it, harder for those adopter people to go in and find a product because they, you think it's overwhelming now. Right. You get 20 well, more uh, no, breweries. That's actually, I keep saying this, but I think you're going to start having fewer national yeah, options, and it's all going to be local options. I would like to have regional players. I, 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 complete, I completely know, agree with you. You have one or two states, your state, and maybe a state if it's close to your brewery. Right. You know, Illinois you know, and Missouri yeah. are going to have if, one. Yeah. If, if, whatever. If Exit 6 could grow and start distributing, I could see me being available in St. Louis and then maybe in a couple of select bottle shops in Kansas City and Columbia, Springfield, and then you know Granite City, sure. Belleville area. Yeah. And that's it. And you know if somebody from... Iowa wanted to try the six beer, they'd have to start trading with somebody that actually lives in the area. Yeah. I would and I think you'll be seeing less of the 
I don't want to say Lagunitas or Ballast Point. Those guys are so big. They they will forever be in all 50 states like they are now. But yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe a, a New Holland or who else have I got? You Bells know, we just got or squatters. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, that yeah, that's a good one. You know, Odell's you only in won't see them anymore. 15 states or 14 states, bro. Yeah. I think I would I would rather it go that way. I would rather have 50 more St. Louis breweries than 50 more national breweries because. It, it makes traveling for beer, which I think is kind of fun. You know, like when we go out of town together, it's awesome. We can go to places and find stuff that you can't get at home. We're at the point now where you can get so many options here. And when you walk into a bar in Chicago, or when I was in Charleston, or when we're in Louisville, that's we us. see like that's I don't I know. Think, I, I think most beer craft that, no, that's it though, thing. man. Yeah, you want to find something you can't get at home. And right now, it's going to where everyone wants to distribute nationwide. They want to be in every market possible, and it kind of sucks when you go into a place where you're expecting to see. 20 locals and they're like oh we have these three breweries and we've got 17 of the i don't even they're not you know you don't want to call them macro craft yeah. but no the large craft yeah. guys or whatever i would rather it cut down those guys pull out let's open some more local breweries that are on a much smaller scale and uh you know have a better option for a local beer scene i i don't i don't know that i can say that i want it to go that way because i i I don't. I love having options. I love having lots of options. Yeah, sure. Going out of town, traveling, it's fun to try, you know, stuff that you can't get here. But if Brewery X opens up in St. Charles here, and now that means you lose out on, let's say, New Holland. So now you can have, let's say Brewery X isn't very good, you know. You can you you got my next point. It has to be a yeah, comparable like, brewery, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. right. And so now you can get their 7, shitty stout, and you, and you lose out on uh, you know New Holland's Dragon's Milk s'mores. Yeah. Which, by the way, Jim Algern, we got it back in. Uh, we'll try and have it on for you on Friday when you come. Uh, out. New Holland's part of the Algern, Algern, Al. Jim, Vicky, Jim. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your last name. We'll have your beer on on Friday. New Holland's now part of the PBR portfolio. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was up in Michigan a couple weeks ago, and I brought my grandparents uh, to New Holland specifically to have that beer, and they didn't have it on. Oh, uh, really? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't call ahead or anything. I mean, yeah. it was just kind of we were going to go up there and have dinner, but it was I really wanted my grandfather to try that beer. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, the amount of breweries that we have, I mean, right now we could think of maybe 10 that we'd really like to have in St. Louis, but then all of a sudden you start to see some that are have – had distributorship here and now have been gone. Like we, Dark Horse used to be a distributor here. Um, Dark Horse was never in St. Louis. They were in. They were across the river, yeah, but never in St. Louis. Yeah. So. Um, what's the one that uh, that Craft Republic? Uh, Santa Fe, not Santa Fe. What's the one that does Java Stout? Yeah, that's, that's Santa Fe. Santa Fe, yeah. yeah. Fanta- Summit. Fantastic. I, I didn't know that they pulled out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Twisted Pine. Yeah. Twisted Pine, yeah. Bear Republic. Yeah, Bear Republic. That's oh, a big miss for me. Awesome. I liked a lot of their beers. I like Bear Republic I think, a lot. I think Victory is one of the biggest ones that I'd love to see here. They're supposed to be coming. Yeah, I, we've heard of that for a year. I, I mean, eventually it's going to happen, but... Surly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Surly, yeah. Who was supposed to be here. Yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. I got yeah. word. Okay. Yeah. Just waiting on some signatures. Uh, yeah, there's it's a lot more to it that I don't know if I can get in trouble from yeah. the brews room for talking yeah. about. I don't want to run that risk. It's yeah. been, but but label proof has already been gone through the state. Yes. Yeah. I just uh, Lynn was really excited about that. Uh, we were talking about it here at the bar the other day. How they were supposed to be here a couple of weeks ago, and I guess she didn't know or didn't listen to that episode or whatever. It, Coffee Bender's like her favorite beer of all time, so she's really really pumped. I love Coffee Bender too, but yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm 
a pentagram is just one of my favorite sours. Every year that uh, Jake Flick's uh, buddy yeah. brings it down, God, that's a great beer. Paul. Paul, yeah. Uh, you know what Paul we listens to our show. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, hi, Paul. Mm-hmm. Hey, go Blues. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the wild. Uh, you know what we haven't talked about is uh, Funky Buddha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Remember I said, I, and I, I'll say this, I remember I said that there was going to be a, I don't think that's the last one. I think there's still going to be a bigger one before the end of the year. But you know what would be fun to do? You know how we do, or we just did the uh, Game of Thrones thing? It'd be fun to do all four of us, but then also put it out to our listeners and take a guess of what the craft beer market will be like in one, oh, two, five, ten years. It'd be fun just to put it away and see what it's actually like. Yeah, so uh, we predicted all the Game of Thrones deaths. So, I mean, what... Yeah, if you yeah. like, if what we, brewery goes down? Like honestly, a that's not a bad breweries. idea. But, but just like, we, I mean, yeah, you, can, you can put every whatever you want. Five breweries in terms of whatever we put. I mean, how many of them are going to be bought out? Or by where the someone? where the where the market will go is? I mean, you're talking about seven thousand breweries. Really tough to, but it would just be fun just to jot yeah. some stuff down and actually see where it goes. I think that'd be cool. So, uh, Funky Buddha is down in Florida, and they got bought by Constellation. Constellation. Yeah, yeah same a, people that bought up Ballast Point. Right. Yeah. Um, is Cigar City next? I know they've kind of said. Man, there's been a lot be. of talk. A AB, lot of talk. AB wants them real bad, but Cigar City says no. But they I don't know how many zeros they can add to that number before Cigar City says okay. Yep. We're we're so. getting ready to see someone be bought out for over a billion dollars because that's uh, the I'll, last. It's happened point. twice. Yeah, yeah, but over a billion is what I'm saying. We're, yeah. we, we've hit the billion dollar mark. We're going to see someone get into that in between one one point you know, whatever, $5 billion, someone's going to, someone's going to hit that. Well, I don't know. What Jeff and I were like. talking I mean, about the, uh, the funky Buddha thing the other day. No. Uh, whenever we, we had a customer at the door, I was telling them we were closed. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, and I said, there's been almost zero backlash on the funky Buddha versus any of the AB buyouts. Oh my gosh, man. And, uh, freaking out. And I don't think it's that dissimilar. Jeff said, "You know, you, you you can talk. You put your point out there, but he kind of disagreed with me. Uh, disagreed with me. I think it's not that far off. Um, and I think for the amount of fight that people put into uh, any time Anheuser buys someone to not even say anything about Funky Buddha selling out, I think it's kind of the reason that I said it wasn't that big a deal is because it was Constellation, not AB. Yeah, and." Ballast Point beers have not changed at all whatsoever. They're still running at a fifteen, sixteen, ninety-nine six-pack. Their pricing hasn't gone down. The quality of beer hasn't gone down. They seem to still be operating. But isn't that true as with is. everybody? That's what I said. Constellation is just I mean, as much as a man as AB is. People just don't know that name. I think that's, I kind of agree with that. Constellation, I don't think ru- they're as uh, Constellation they're rules as big, the fucking Constell- yeah, world I mean, in the liquor world and wine, and now getting into and not j- getting into. They've been a part of it for a while, but they've they've been their, buying shit up for a long. They time. own most of the a lot of the Mexican breweries. Yeah, too, right? yes. Corona, yeah, Corona, yeah, and yeah. Sol and Dos Equis, Dos Equis and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So which they, is a bigger market share than than what we yeah. had here. Then people just don't people so just don't know that name. Market in beer right now yeah. is. Yes. Mexican, Mexican yeah. lager for whatever reason. I don't understand I, it. I, wa- I watched the I watched the Facebook most interesting man in the world and, and talk and, about advertising that nailed it. And St. Louis beer enthusiast and 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 some other you know like craft beer pages and watched them just put off Funky Buddha as soon as they were like, 
You, you guys don't even know what the fuck you're... Funky Buddha makes fantastic beer. You guys don't even know what you're arguing about, yeah. though. You're just saying, oh, someone bought them, so well, we're pissed off. Oh, St. Louis, uh, the enthusiasts were yeah. mad about it? I'm surprised. Yeah. So most of the rest of the internet didn't really seem to give two shits, but that they're an anomaly I just, group. I, I don't understand it, man. I really... I, I just don't... The reason that it doesn't make that big a deal to me... Again, I hate to keep just going with the it's not a B, but really that's what it is because I don't see Constellation doing the pay to play backdoor tricks that Anheuser Busch oh, does really? all the time. I'm sure, they do. If, I mean, it, and it, it's very possible that yeah, they do. I have no evidence for that. But I mean, if if you're as big as they are, I mean, you can go into you're liquor right. stores. I haven't and read sell. an article that yeah. said, "Hey, Constellation is." busted doing this maybe they're better at it or maybe they just don't do it precisely yeah. maybe they just they don't run, run their business their legit that's you know that's true but they also don't have a target on their back so I, I yeah, think they're less open to scrutiny and that's very possible also and if it comes out that the, that this is what they're doing then I will feel the exact same I'm way just, if it comes out that Heineken has been doing all this I will feel the same way about the buyout of Lagunitas but as yeah. of right now I only get upset for AB because of the bullshit backdoor action that sure. they do I'm just I'm sure a company no. that large walks into liquor stores and says, "Hey, I want my products here," and I, I don't know that they sure. Need and to you and you see plenty of yeah. you know, Corona especially in in the cold storage aisles. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, but but I don't I don't go into every yeah, bar in they, the country and see Corona or Modelo on tap. This isn't a you know. So I don't yeah. think they're buying taps. I'm not. This is not no, a true. poke at your age, but was Corona big when you started drinking? Yeah, fairly. Yeah, kind of. It Corona's been kind of that uh, roller coaster brand. Yeah, where yeah for a year, every Corona. Yeah, let's let's all drink Corona. Everybody's drinking Corona. Then everyone's like, "This is just a skunky Mexican beer that you're trying to cover up that flavor with lime." <laughs> and then it becomes trendy again. Uh, Corona's always been one of these, from what I've seen. Well, they always race the lime in the beer in their advertising, though. That's a did they really? Brilliant move. Oh, every time you see commercial now, there's always a lime in the bottle. Oh, embraced. I thought you said erased. No, embraced. Okay, yeah. And I'm sure that that wasn't the way they started their advertising. They didn't want you to have to put but lime in a, your beer. That's right. a great. But they nailed it. They're like, hey, people are doing it. Let's make it a novelty thing. Yeah, and maybe sure. that's, yeah. you know. I, I see Corona commercials more than I see Apparently, AB needs to take, right. a, take a no, page out of uh, Constellation's book because as of, it says 2017, uh, their revenue is up $7.33 billion. That's this Mexican beer, man. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like Justin said a few minutes ago, it's the fastest oh, growing market in beer right well, now. Well, because AB but they own to, like huge ABI wine had to houses diversify, too. right? Like they had to give, didn't they have to Yeah, I always thought Corona was a, an AB product. It was, but they had to do. The Constellation has distribution rights in the in states, the states versus that's what it is. worldwide because of the monopoly that's what thing it is. Gotcha. or something. Okay. The same thing with there Miller. Are, and there are a couple. But, but is that a new thing? Uh, for Corona. Just for Corona. That's the only label I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it happened when ABI and SAB. Or AB what and SAB. was that, last year? Yeah, I think so. Late Here, last year. Here's the big names for Constellation. Uh, Corona, Modelo, uh, Negro Modelo, Pacifico, Ballast Point, Funky Buddha, and then they own Black Velvet, which is a Canadian whiskey, but they own Svedkid Vodka, which they bought for $1.4 billion. 12, people tw- still drink 12 years ago. Never seen uh, that yeah. um, right. And they own High West. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. And Casa Noble, which is a, a tequila. Good tequila, though. I mean, they're a huge corporation, but I, I think I think what happened was, you know, Anheuser was such an American icon, and when they 
got bought out by a foreign company. So many people respond to that in a way that they didn't with Constellation because it's it's it doesn't seem like the evil it, empire. Yeah, right? right. And it doesn't. Well, again, though, I mean, as long as Constellation is not performing the the habits that abi is you know if as long as they're not cutting the corners on making the beer the way abi is and as long as they're not getting caught on this pay-to-play and you know kind of bullshit i don't care they're not a brewery themselves which i think helps a lot yeah yes i agree like one brewery swallowing up a bunch of other breweries Uh and they don't have best practices to put forward as saying you're going to make our your business way to cut right six cents off each you know whatever they own selling which is enormous so they're owning a lot of different as far as liquor goes and, and alcohol goes they they own a lot of different points of the spectrum but it, like you said, it's not. They don't own a winery. They don't own a brewery. They don't own a distillery. It's all distribution. It's just, it's, it's just a big umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Break. Let's take a break. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna pee my pants. Bing, 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 boom. The break. It's over. Ibex. <laughs> all right. So we've got a final beer in our lineup. Uh, final beer. <laughs> Before the uh, Good Boys Line Beer of the Week, beer, final. Uh, our buddy Jake final Flick beer. brought these in for us. Uh, it is Live Oak. It's their new Ibex beer, and this is Fooder Aged. Um, what? It just says Ale Aged in Missouri White Oak Tanks, but it doesn't actually Local say. Oak, not Live Oak. Yeah. Local Oak, sorry. Uh, Local Oak sounds like a slightly great sour bing, 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 Local Oak. Sounds like a great band name. Highlight a yeah, classic beer a with a light malt character aged in Missouri White Oak. So I think it's just going to be a kind of a tart. The, this beer came as a very big surprise to me. He he brought me up one just to try. I don't think this beer's been released yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, it has. It has? Okay. Uh, just last week. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, did you get um, a short pour, too, or short fill? I, I've got a, I got a four-pack. Of short so pours? If there's not enough here, <laughs> uh, we can open up another bottle, but... Uh, I, I was blown away by this. It smells fantastic. Yeah, I was. Sh- I, this not at all what I expected this beer to taste like, and I am a big, big fan. Yeah, Jay came and he said, uh, "Here's a beer. This is the one I was talking about. You have to drink it tonight, though." And I'm like, "Man, I, I wasn't going to drink today." And then, of course, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, he's like, "No, it's a, it's a, a short pour off the line." So I grabbed those up, and I'm, I'm assuming he made his rounds yeah, through yeah. St. Charles that day. Uh, this is a really, really great beer. Yes. Uh, aside from the flavor, which I really enjoy, it's light and citrusy and tart. The uh, carbonation on this is awesome. It just kind of mm-hmm. dances on your tongue, you know, like like a uh, like a soda almost. Uh, the effervescence on it is really nice. I have no idea what the ABV is on this beer. But I think it was me, 5.8. It's Imperial Two, Katie. Three. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna either okay. I'm gonna be either really right or really piss you off. I feel like this is Blondage Light. The first Blondage Light. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That I I, I, I me off. Yeah. I, I love this beer so yeah. yeah. But I, I, really, I, I feel me like because you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I get a lot of that characteristic that you guys had in that very first batch of blond or Blondage. Yeah. This would be a beer for like, we just had a sour tap takeover last week for craft beer week. We had a lot of people in that love sours, but you know, over the week while we had a bunch of those beers on, we had you know our regular new clientele that just happened to come in, and uh, they're like, "Okay, I'll give a sour a try." This would be one I could give them as like a good entry level sour. Yeah. What I was agree. the ABV? Uh, I think the it bottles w- right in front. I of think you, it said five point eight, but I could be. I might have been looking at uh, one of the. 
I would have said 5.9. One of the uh, <laughs> you, would, you would have said 18.2. Yeah, no, because yeah. <laughs> I've been so right. We're getting ready to do the blind beer of the week, and I'm it's I'm gonna not guess not gonna go well yeah, for you. But this isn't harshly sour, like a lot of the things we had on tap are. Were I understand uh, what you're like? This would be a good entry sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a really nice beer. I, I am a big fan of it. Because it's a very still drinkable taste the sour. oak, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, the tartness and then the oak on top of it. I just, I was very impressed. I put this right up. I mean, it's it's not the variant or the, the Ibex stout, but I like it better than the Gooseberry Gozo that came out. I, yeah. they're, 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 on, they're on the right fucking path, I'll oh, tell you yeah. that right they now. They really are, man. New Schlafly is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. One thing about this beer, I don't know, we haven't really talked about food or crafters on the show at all, but it's a local company in, in O'Fallon. And they're making fooders for breweries all over the world now. Yeah. What, like are f- what are fooders? It's basically a barrel, but Big. much, much bigger and flipped up on its end. You, you take a barrel and a fermenter, like a big old stainless steel fermenter. Yeah. They had nasty, dirty sex, and that's what you get. This is their child. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a multi, hundreds and hundreds of barrels, what oak you, barrel. What do you use them for? Usually for fermenting, sours. Yeah. just for sours. For the most part, yeah, it's yeah. sours because you you're not going to get them clean the way you would stainless. So that that bacteria is going to hang out that in makes the wood. Sense. Okay. So have you guys been down to uh, the Schlafly down there on uh, on Locust? It's not uh, what's that location That's called? That's the tap room. Tap room, um, and been in their new fooder room. I have no. not. No, oh, I haven't it's been down so there. So cool. So they have the fooders there. And then they have like an old school, um, like uh, chain hoist to where they pull up barrels and product. And then they have like a very very small uh, bottling line. So it's it's really really cool. Yeah, yeah. One of the and most impressive things I saw when we were in Colorado was New Belgium's Barrel House and their. It's neat, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. That's like, like I mean, like like Jeff said, that's one of the first ones that use fooders. Mm-hmm. You can go and you can go and taste the base beer for La Folie yeah. and uh, Letois. That is being released. Oscar and Felix. Yeah, yeah, they're being released. The, I mean, the problem with so many of these companies that barrel now is the giant ape at the top of their structure that just throws <laughs> barrels at the Italian guy. Like it just. You're right. <laughs> There's ladders. Oh, and like the yeah. video game. Yeah. Pac Man. No, it was a Contra. Like Pac Man 3. <laughs> Pac Man 3. <laughs> Pac Man 3, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's a little after 11.30, our time, which means Good Boy John is here, and I believe he has. Good Boy Blind Blind Beer, Beer of the Week. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> if it's another braggot. I can't believe you got that fucking right. I can't believe right. you got a bragget. Can I tell I you? Never even heard I was, that bra- style I was, I was I bragging on your bragget. Yeah, I got bragget, but I missed IPA. You're right. I missed IPA. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> we did one last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we mm. sure did. Yeah. The three <laughs> of us that were here in the corner because you you got yours and just went. Look. Yeah, gone. All right, so good boy. See. You wanna? Do we need to rinse our glasses? Because we had a. All right, let's pass yeah, good boy. Right. Our, oh, we got. PBR in uh, front of us. That's good. So I, can, rinse, uh, I can do a PBR rinse right uh, here. While he's filling his glasses up, I had one more thing I kind of wanted to throw out that kind of fit into the whole <laughs> marketing slash advertising thing. Uh, I was reading an article today. It kind of popped up right after Mark sent us the article about the new Anheuser commercial. And it was 
a guy who he writes for um, some kind of beer magazine or something. I don't remember if it was Zimmergy or uh, Beer Advocate or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he was basically on assignment where they sent him around to X number of breweries like in the Northeast. I think he just drove around like four states and wrote reviews on all of their beers for content for the coming months or whatever. That's my dream job. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, you, you have to learn to write first. Yeah. I'll I teach you. Write. <laughs> I'll Jeff like beer. Jeff learned how to write with a chisel and stone I tablet. write good. <laughs> well. Uh, but this article ended up coming well, out what? of this assignment, and the whole point of it was he said he was tired of the two types of breweries that there are in the country, craft beer, beer breweries. And I don't think he's wrong, and I started to think about it, and I would say 90% of the breweries I've ever been to fall into these two categories. You have an industrial park, warehouse brewery with concrete, everything, uh-huh. and a wall the with your brewery behind it. stripping. Yes. Uh, or you have a brewery in an old part of town in an old historic building with wood and brick <laughs> everywhere. And okay. chalkboards. He was really heated about chalkboards at every brewery. <laughs> he said the last, uh, the whole, most of the crux of the article was focused at Tired Hands, which was the last brewery he went to on his stop. And he walked in. He's he saw the outside building, and it was an old brick building with a ridiculous mural on the side of the wall that didn't mean anything. It was you know it was just a kind of a weird local art piece or something. Sure. And he walked in, and there was like eighteen chalkboards. Chalkboards with growlers <laughs> prices on them. Chalkboards with just weird onk-shaped things. His wife called it the brewery formerly known as Tired Hands because that's what the symbols were. Like, Then you had the brewery with the uh, the beers, and then you had a brewery with our special cask tapping, and, or a uh, 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 chalkboard, I mean. Right, yeah. He was really heated about the chalkboards. Um, but he's not wrong, like... I th- I don't I think would he have been happier if they were dry erase? I was going to yes. say that's, I mean that's yeah, how it started here and that's how it started at Shamrocks. I, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's a problem. But you're also describing re- like how many different restaurants can you name? You have, you know what I mean? Like there I just are three think there's different types of restaurants for breweries to do something different. I mean, everybody wants to do that because it's easy and cheap, right? You get a warehouse, or you get an old. We use chalkboards because they're easy to change. Yeah, ours changes constantly. Yeah, if you're just doing chalkboard art, yeah, sure, maybe that's a little tired, but but I I, I just don't think there's that much variation in the restaurant space. I mean, I think there are only five different. Like, if you're not talking about chains, right? No one has a theme. Like he, that was his thing. He's like, you go to a brewery, like Applebee's does. They serve shitty food. Okay, and they deliver it at curbside. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of a big <laughs> checkmate. Got you. you got, got you me. good, you fucker. You don't know how to play chess. There's no way Kyle knows how to play chess. Oh no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I, I think there should be more breweries and strip malls. Those are the good ones. Okay, so <laughs> one of my favorite breweries I went to in Charleston was in a strip mall area. It was. Uh, Did it take over a quilt shop? Uh, no, there was had yeah. been nothing. Was in it, it a chess themed brewery? It was. Uh, yeah, that's it. You got it. All right, good. No. <laughs> um, it was called Two Blokes, and speaking of Tired Hands, one of the guys that is an owner there used to be the brewma- one of the brewmasters at Tired Hands. I say brewmaster because their whole thing is we don't have brewmasters. Everybody kind of works collectively or whatever, um, which how, I don't like how either. Trendy. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's all be a team, guys. Yeah. No, fuck you. Someone has to be in charge. Yeah. How uh, many trust falls do they do a week? 
but that brewery was awesome. It was in a strip mall. It was a two barrel brewery. It felt a lot like home to me because it yeah. was very similar. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed it. Um, did you bond with them? I'm mean, like, did you tell them, hey, look, I do this too yeah, in a we, strip mall, barrel and a half? The owner's wife was bartending that day, and she, I was, I had my E6 shirt on because if you work in the industry, you don't not wear your brewery shirt when you go to other breweries. Not if you're because you want the attention. No, if it comes up naturally. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. You want my sister attention. said I was being passive aggressive by doing this. <laughs> it's bullshit because I never go out of my way to say that I work for a brewery or I'm a brewer or anything like that. If it comes up like, oh, where's exit six? We're in St. Louis. Oh, you, you, you say we. You work there? Yeah. And then you, yeah. It, 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 Justin it, Wall also walks into every brewery, brewery with exit six pom-poms, and he's like, hey, okay, I'm from exit six. And then they're like, oh, I'm gonna, let me ask you a question about the brewery. Kyle, we, we, we don't have exit six pom-poms. We, we should, though. Apparently. <laughs> seems like a great idea. What he does do is pay two people to put spent grain down, like in Coming to America. <laughs> when he's just like, drop it on the ground as he walks everywhere. It's just Arsenio Hall. He doesn't have anything to do. He just, he's just dropping down spent grain for Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, we kind of we talked. She we went back into the brewery, and she's like, "Yeah, this is what we do." And I'm like, "I this is what we do. This is yeah. cool." And I, I I appreciated that, but I kind of get where the guy's going. Like, you have those two types of breweries, and I've been to a shitload of breweries, and 95 percent of them fall into those two categories. I'm just saying, yeah. like most restaurants, kind of fall into that too. I mean, you have, you know what I mean? Horseshoes. You have horseshoes and you have hand grenades. Like that's <laughs> horseshoes are delicious. Do you, my whole the whole point I was going to ask you guys is: Do you care when you go into a brewery what the aesthetics of the brewery are? No, I do no. to a certain extent. I mean, no. I, I like I, look the beer is much more important, but I sure I appreciate. I can appreciate I, cool places to hang out. Like if you've I got said, a great I patio, I, I or can't something. say that I care. But I mean, yeah, it'll stand out to me if right. if I walk in, it's just got a cool feel, or it's got a neat vibe, or you know, the the breweries on display. Yeah, sure, I, I'm gonna like that. We kind all of like stuff to look more. at stainless when we go into a building. I love yeah. looking at stainless. <laughs> one, one of our, I mean, and it, it's gonna be all of our favorite it's breweries not for the four okay. of us. It's it's you know, there are a lot of people I think who are affected by things like that. You know what I mean? That are drawn to things like that that are not us. I mean, they're we're sure. not the target demographic for most things we talk about this show we're not the target demographic for what's the brewery in chicago that we love the small one that dry uh, hop dry Dry hop Hop. that that brewery does not it's not like crazy appealing when you walk in but their beers are just so fucking good and they're they're their guest taps are so good i completely disagree Behind the bar, they've got all their serving tanks and everything. That, I think that, it's that part. The brewery yes, is yes. right next to the tables. I think it's super appealing. Yes, you, I mean you're absolutely right to us. Yeah. But a general customer, and but they're also their food is fucking awesome too. But all the way around, I really think that they put it all together and they'll really grow into something bigger. And I I don't know what they're I I mean you've been there since I have three times probably. Have they <laughs> do they have anything else going on? I, I, it seems like they were ready to what? like expand. I, uh, I, I think they're still the same. Yeah, still same one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Nah, that's all I had. I mean, it wasn't anything yeah. super. I just wanted to. No, get I, I don't really I, care what the aesthetics are, you know, because you know a lot of people say you walk into here, it's, well, this doesn't look like a brewery, you know. Sure. You just got goofy shit on the walls. <laughs> I don't really care what the yes. aesthetics are as long as the beer is good. 
and yes, the aesthetics can sure, that's what offset. I yeah, you know, can make. Well, that's a really cool place to visit. You should definitely go yeah. there. Just check it out because it's it's neat. Doesn't if somebody tells me that and never mentions the beer, I think I know what to expect. It's right. going to be large and corporate and cool. It's going to look like Urban Chestnut. Sure. Okay. Urban Chestnut's like the Applebee's and, of. Uh, breweries as far as decor but goes. I, I, like, I don't even think that's necessarily true. Like, I don't uh, know what you... They want to be a German beer house. That's what they've done. They've okay. yes. so name, recreated okay. it to Name a something that's yeah. not in this vein. Like, name, like what, what places are you talking about that I'm are... I'm not talking about anything. That's I wasn't, what I mean. I wasn't arguing I, I for or against it. What I'm saying is, if there are... Is there a third type of brewery? I mean, is there oh, anybody yeah. that doesn't... I, I think Westbrook, that's one of the examples I was when we were there... It's so clean and sterile and very corporate feeling. It's almost like you went to, you know, uh, one of the Anheuser. But is that uh, oh, what I'm asking? Is can you name a brewery that you really liked aesthetically that also has good beer? I guess. But I mean, the, I mean, what what t- if you were to, if you were designing a brand new place? Lagunitas, Chicago. Okay. Well, yeah. actually, either Lagunitas, but Chicago's the one that stands out to me. Because honestly, the layout of the Chicago brewery is cooler than the one in Petaluma. Yeah. Even though I'd rather be in Petaluma because yeah. their beer garden and whatnot. Wiseacre in Memphis would be like my ideal place. I like the big industrial. Yeah. Flip up the garage doors and have a deck, and here's our but that's giant one of the two, brewery behind glass. That's one of the two types pretty. you've described. Yeah, well, I'm saying I like is, that. Is there stuff. a third type that you that. can talk? Yeah, it doesn't bother. Like I'm, I know it doesn't bother. But is there? I mean, is there an example of a place that doesn't fit into one of those two categories yeah, that you I think really it's like? Places like us and High Cotton in Memphis is another one. You walk yeah. in, it's just a bar. There's like four tables, and that's it. There's I'm just nothing. saying, you like, I don't know that this is necessarily linked to beer trends. I think this is a larger trend in the oh, restaurant yeah. I, industry. Like maybe. that there are only two or three types of places. And so I don't And I don't think that we can give you a right answer to make you go, "Oh, okay." No, I was just saying like is it like what are the types of places outside of those that you would like to see? Cuz I don't know what that looks like either. You're right. I, I mean, don't, I don't there's there's nobody is doing that. So Yeah, but if we're I mean are we really just down to two or three? Building types. Oh, when you get bigger and you go to places like Odell or New Belgium that are just sprawling campuses or Stone, even they have so much more space and money to work with. I think you can do some really cool. So when you talk to you know about breweries on a much smaller level than they are, it's harder. I think it's cheap to do that, so you're kind of stuck with materials and spaces that that are reasonably priced at at that level of brewing. uh, But you can't, you know, you don't have to worry about when you're Stone or. Lagunitas or Sierra Nevada or New Belgium or whatever. But I don't know what other kind of building that 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 author wants to see. He that, he didn't mention anything either, and that's kind of I, the article was kind of just an editorial piece about his trip and like, hey, this is pretty much all I saw the entire time I was going to breweries. But he didn't offer up any suggestions yeah. or anything to fix it. He was just really aggravated about chalkboards. I've always had it in my head. <laughs> That, you know what my ultimate location would be, and I think it would be really cool to be out. I can't say out in the country because it's got to be close to a city for it to be smart. But I, if you factor all of that out away, I always thought it would be really neat to have like a big A-frame cottage uh, with an all-copper uh, uh, brewery, um, very similar to the German beer. Beer gardens like uh, uh, Urban Chestnut, 
it's uh, Grove location or uh, uh, Civil Life, where it's just like long ass tables where everybody yeah. kind of yeah. sits together. Uh, dark wood and you know shit like that, but then rolling hills that you can overlook and have a nice view and you know shit like that. You know, a huge outdoor seating area. Uh, I've always had this envision of like private seating areas outside and shit like that. That that's the ultimate thing, but that's a fortune. You know, it costs a fortune for one and two. I mean, it's uh, to do that you got to be out in no man's land. Yeah, right. You know, I would like to you can get away with a winery, acre, twenty acres of scenic land, and build a a frame. Yeah, right. And I mean, sure hope everybody drives out to see me. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that's the so other. I don't thing, know what right? the hell yeah. that guy wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It seems like something trivial to bitch about. Yeah, sure. Everybody yeah. uses chalkboards. It's not just breweries. Yeah, I, that's yeah. So. Okay, so as we wrap this show up, we got the blind beer of the week that Good Boy brought us. Uh, what are your first thoughts? Is this beer in date? No. Uh, yes, my first, date. my first thought, just off first taste and smell, Toffel. To me, this smells like bread. It, it's it smells like a loaf of bread baking. I get all like uh, tea, check pills. Possibly, but no. I think I think this is a Belgian. Like yeah, raisins. it's like kind of toffle beer was yeah. raisins. Yeah, I get a ton of C- tea. raisins and currants. I don't get tea. I get a lot of herb, herbal character. Tea was yeah. my first. So I'm like, is this like chamomile or mm. Earl Grey? Oh, something. something like that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Chamomile, no, it's not floral enough. But like an Earl Grey, something tea. super florally. I, I'm going to go with the Belgian yeast. It to tastes like floral. I munched on lilies for that, four seconds and then put a rose I've not been right yet, so. <laughs> ABV, I, I'm going low. Yeah. yeah. To me, this smells like a Belgian quad, but obviously it is not. It doesn't taste like it. It doesn't look like it. But it's got that big, yeasty, bready. But it's not. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I've always described that. You know, We were talking about Westy 12 earlier. I've always described what drinking Westy 12 is like a liquid loaf of bread in a glass. Yeah. I'm going to say Belgian Pale Ale, 5.8%. Well, I'm going to take the under on the ABV. I'm going to go Toffel Beer at 4%. I'll take 4.5. This is I, interesting because it doesn't it, it's feel like it fits into any beer. of these categories. It could be just another IPA. It, <laughs> is this Highlight again? It's the it, same beer we had that, last week. This isn't <laughs> IPA. It's the worst IPA I've ever that's, had. But that's why I asked if it was a date. Grossly out of date. Because if, if it's, it was an IPA, it would definitely it was, be yeah. out of date. yeah, yeah. I think that that's. I think the ABV is a little higher than what you guys are saying, and here's why. I don't think it tastes. I don't get an alcohol burn the way I normally do out of a big ABV beer, but the mouth feel on this is super thick. Yeah, and you're right. Chewy. Yeah, and that's I why I said higher. Expect a a thick chewy beer to have a higher ABV. And that's the only reason I'm saying that. Um, I think this is going to be a, a a weird, a strange Belgian style. It's not a triple, and it's, it's too light triple. to be I a saw the quad. color and then smelled it. I'm like, oh, this could maybe be a triple, but it doesn't have that banana-y. There's right. no both of them, it's too high alcohol, or both those styles are too high alcohol yeah. for this beer. Good boy. Yeah, I don't. Um, Give me Belgian yeah, Pale Ale 5.8. I was really hoping you guys would get a little bit closer on this one. Uh, it's a style that is near and dear to your hearts. Uh, it's a cream ale. From Fuck off. Infamous Brewing Company in Austin, Texas. No shit. Yep. And what's the ABV? 5.5. Wow. That was closer. That's the first Cream one I've come. It I does wouldn't. say on the can, 
untraditional cream ale. I don't know what is untraditional <laughs> about it. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> this I is just kind of the whole point of the tea. blind beer is I, to get I just can't get away shit. from the tea. <laughs> yeah, I it suppose, is very herbally. I finally I got. I finally got an ABV close. Until, like three minutes ago. <laughs> it still tastes very Belgian-y to me. It I, still tastes yeah. thick and chewy yeah. and I, bready. I don't get the um, sweet corn flavor at all. On a I, I do. I don't either. Yeah. I, I, I get, get a, I get a little sweetness, yeah. not the corn, but I get a, I get some sweetness. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to know their definition of untraditional. I, I want to know what they did that was different. What's the brewery? Infamous. Uh, infamous Brewing Company. Yeah, fuck you guys. He's Austin, infamous. Oh. That, that means like super famous. Like gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note. I think we're going to wind it up for this week. Uh, we'll be back wind it up. next bum, week bum, bum, with bum. another fantastic <laughs> show. Um, make sure to check us out on all of our social media stuff. And we're going to share some really cool um, videos here coming up real soon. Look out for those. And uh, we'll catch you later. Love Bye. you. Bye. I love you. Thanks for listening to The Brewers Room, brought to you by St. Brewis Radio. We hope you enjoyed this week's show, but who are we kidding? Of course you did. This show's awesome. We'll be back next week. If you want to meet any of us live, you can come up to Exit 6 at 5055 Highway N in Cottleville, Shamrocks at 4177 Veterans Memorial in St. Peter's, or check out one of Mark's trivia shows. The schedule can be found at questionablepursuits.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Brews Room or on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Brews Room. You can always download any of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Or stream us at stbrewis.com slash thebrewsroom. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, keep drinking them beers.